0: Hey everybody, welcome outside Ohio Stadium. It is Big Ten football season finally. Ohio State back on the field. They got a 52-17 win over Nebraska. An easy cover for those of you keeping track of such things. (laughs) Uh, And first kind of look at the potential for this team, had that feel of a lot of openers, even though it's mid-October and it's chilly out here, Big Ten weather. You know, you could tell that there was some rust for the Buckeyes, but they kicked that off uh, by the second half, cruised to an easy win. First impressions, Tim.
1: Just like you just put it, I mean, kind of a sloppy, if that's the right term, or it kind of uh, getting your feet under you, kind of start for the defense, which I totally expected with eight new starters out there. Uh, they finally did get their act together. But, you know, the, the uh, Nebraska's biggest weapon was their quarterbacks running the ball, you know. And if you can make that their biggest weapon, uh, you've got a shot. And hold them to 17, as as Ryan Day said, if somebody told him before the game, I guarantee you, won't, you will hold them to 17, he would have signed on the dotted line. Uh, clearly, uh, you were impressed by the high state receivers, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith Digba, for example, for a two. And I thought Justin Fields, 20 of 21, two touchdowns, ran for another, Uh, had over 300 yards total offense. I think that pretty well sums it up for those guys. I don't think there will be a rapid reaction brought to you by Byers Auto this
0: season that will not include something about Justin Fields. Uh, He was magnificent and in complete control. Um, You know, if Chris Olave, the one throw that was on the ground, was a big hit. Could have been another completion. So I don't know if that's where you start, Byrne, but – Almost every conversation about this team's potential is going to revolve around that.
2: For me, it's like, you know, I just want to go back to the start of the game. And it was sort of like that exhale feeling, you know, after eight, nine, ten months of just pure emotion, pure adrenaline, pure like, are we going to get here? Are we going to play? Are we not? And then you come out and, and there's that cliche we've heard repeatedly. You have to bring your own energy. You have to create your own energy. And I just don't think the Buckeyes were able to do that in that first seven eight minutes because it just it was weird I mean it, it it was a weird feeling in the stadium Nebraska scores on what three plays on the opening drive and you're like oh that was that was awkward and it wasn't until Haskell Garrett came in the game a guy that probably is seeing this game from an even way different perspective as far as the term fight goes than the rest of the guys on this team he could have been dead two months ago he it's brought, not even hyperbole. That's no. the crazy part. He brought no. some uh, some real energy to the defense. They started to get a little bit of pressure in the backfield. And and Tim was right on the nail, though. I mean, it, the fact is the, the defense looks like it struggles, but that's because Nebraska decided to run the quarterback, and that's it. And, yeah. and I don't, I don't – They were also running another quarterback. Right, two quarterbacks. <laughs> and I no. don't think the Buckeyes were prepared for that. I think they were looking for more of that spread stuff. Nebraska did not attempt to go to the outside of the field at all. Very little. And I don't think – That a lot of teams are going to try that against Ohio State because if we're being honest, the middle of the defensive line looked a little suspect early. Um, But you know, as we said, once the second half came around, the defensive touchdown sort of was a a nail in the coffin, and and then you just sort of put it in cruise control. I think it's an
0: interesting point about bringing the energy, and you know, we're going to talk a lot about the game and and obviously what this, what the roster looks like moving forward. That's a big part of this. This is the first time for everybody in an empty Ohio Stadium. And this is going to be the case all year in the Big Ten. So you're going to have to have reps. Like, I don't think any of them could have, they could have tried to bring the juice and feel like they were getting it done. Yeah. Uh, but you don't really know until you actually get that started you know, how it's going to be to, to open a game and it be quiet or, you know, to hit that first big hit. So that's going to be a learning process as it is in a number of different positions Yeah. Uh, as well, Tim.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, the only of the four guys we got to talk to after the game via Zoom, the only one who thought it wasn't weird was Wyatt Davis, <laughs> you know, the, the right guard who left and then came back after the Big Ten reinstated, revisited and reinstated this season. But yeah, I think that's I, th- I think we're all going to get used to it though, one uh, way or other. It probably sounded crowd noise wise better on television than it did live. It was super uh, awkward.
2: I'm not even yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but like if you're on the field and so when a big play happens in a real game, the crowd starts to crescendo, oh, right? Yeah. And here, after the big play happened, they just put in some shout. (laughs) So like, if you're watching, it it just happens after. So a punt return, or so I actually happened to be walking down the concourse to switch sides when the Seven Banks touchdown happened, and then I, I had to. I was watching on the monitors, and I'm like, "Oh crap! They just go to touchdown!" <laughs> because I heard the cheer as I was already starting to walk back. I'm mean, like, yeah. this is this crazy. Is super I mean, weird. Uh, you
1: know, Kerry Combs talked about that. I mean, he said the place would have been going bananas, and he is exactly right. And that's what home field advantage means, you know, if it, when you can seize it. And and yes, that was definitely missing. But I still saw guys make some. Damn good plays out there. I mean, not the least of which, Haskell Garrett had a sack, and then he forced another sack off on the edge. In my opinion, that was the turning point of the game, that series of plays because it gave Ohio State the ball back and it was able to drive down and score a touchdown just before halftime. And then they came back, you know, and they scored 24 points in a row. After they, they had to settle for
2: a field goal just a few plays exactly. earlier.
1: But during that span was 24-point run, and Nebraska was done. Yeah, and that's
0: they were unsettled. I don't think it's unfair to say that the first – half for the you know first 20 minutes were sloppy for Ohio State and, you know Haskell Garrett's coming back from an injury uh, Marcus Hooker got the start at safety that's the first time that he's you know been
2: in that position right. to
0: go out there seven banks that's his first start at cornerback we yep. know
2: what he can do. Eight new starters on defense against 10 returning starters on offense for Nebraska is probably and I'll I guess I'll bite the bullet here when we're talking about like pre-game predictions these are probably things that that could have been considered a slightly more, I guess, because I wrote a story about but it. They're remember? just
0: not as talented, like, well, even if right. they're veterans, which is
2: why you see the gap as as the game goes on. Yeah. But in that first few minutes, that first ten minutes, and Ohio State had an opportunity. And again, I realize I'm cutting you guys off. I'm sorry, but
0: You're juiced up, man. The, you are after, juiced
2: after it's fourteen to seven, and Justin Fields was very upset they didn't go for it on fourth and one at their own twenty-eight yard line, yes. and came off the field sort of ticked off that they didn't go for it yeah. and then the next two times they were like okay go for it and well, they had already done it earlier in the game with fourth and five yeah. driving so that's exactly like, he was used to that aggressive mindset so yeah as a, the quarterback may not think of it the same hey, when he's on his own 28. who did
1: he throw to on that fourth and five garrett, garrett wilson. wilson i mean passes did garrett wilson catch today. seven uh You know, and just what we were talking about, I mean, I wrote a story about their their eight new starters on defense this week at Letterman Row because you knew that was going to be a factor in the first game without a doubt. Playing a little tentative, the other team coming out aggressively. But like you said, they tightened the bolts. Garrett Wilson in the slot is going to be a problem
0: for the Big Ten. Uh, You can already see his – they talk all the time about that basketball spatial awareness. I don't even think it's that. He's big, he's fast. Uh, and you, you have great talent outside of him. I'm
2: going to sound like and Tim May he can here. Catch, then he catches the I'm gonna ball. I'm going to sound like a Tim May retread, but he is quick as a hiccup. Yeah. I mean, he gets open like 100%. that. Yeah, He but gets open like that. that. When you're
0: talking about guys that, you know, I think it was, maybe it was in the second quarter. It was one of the early touchdown drives. It just had him running a drag across the middle of the field. And, like, what slot corner, if, if you're putting your third best cornerback or if you're putting your safety, or God forbid, I've said this all week, a linebacker matched up on him it's over the play is over yeah. and justin fields knows that and i think that olave is I mean, chris olave is an incredible deep threat we we'll watch his health as the week goes on he took one of about 75 hits to the head from nebraska today olave going to stretch the field and he's going to open things up for garrett wilson to i think do crazy things statistically that, he's, here's, that here's, relationship with him and Fields is going to be dangerous.
1: You know, uh, obviously, Ryan Day said after the game he did not believe there was any mal intent in, uh, by Nebraska in those plays. But I tell you what, Nebraska's coaches need to uh, go back and reteach some things because wow. he lost two big time players for all. We target another all the, all who
2: the talk didn't about us. how friendly these two teams are now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Nebraska has not taught the new t- style of tackling because there was a number of shots at the head. Oh, yeah.
0: And that's why I don't buy it. Or maybe it's not because it was malicious, but you get what you emphasize. And that's a, an old coaching adage. And you have multiple players leaving their feet aiming at the head, which has not been legal in this sport for a long time. Anyway, that's over. You, you hope that Chris Alavi is feeling fine uh, heading into next week. It looked scary with that hit. Um, but this, you know, the other part of this was the late touchdown. Jack Miller. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a surprise to me because going through pregame warmups, Berm. It looked to us like C.J. Stroud was taking every second-team rep ahead of Gunnar Hoke, ahead of Jack Miller. Then the game is over, Yeah. and you put Jack Miller in for the last drive. I don't know if that's continuing to keep us guessing about where they are, but the other part, before you get into that, was Ryan Day apologized for them scoring, which I think is even more offensive to Nebraska. It was like, hey, sorry that you suck so much. Our
1: backup you freshman can, quarterback was so good, we keep, in a, couldn't in keep him a walkout. Walk yeah. uh,
2: you had a – the third, second, third, fourth string quarterback, who's a true freshman, a walk-on running back, f- five different players on the offensive line, no re- no starters at wide receiver. If you can't stop them from just running the ball, then you deserve to have a touchdown score. Hey, by the way,
1: I, I, I just checked my little list of guys I wanted to make sure we talked about, and the one guy we haven't yet, Steel Chambers. That sack back to the one-yard line, Justin Fields endured because, let's face it, uh, when you go against a 3-4 defense they're playing well, games let's, all day let's
0: back up even further for why they were in that situation which was not the sack yeah it was that somebody needs to not ever be at kickoff return ever well
1: yeah but but you are you know you still don't let a guy come free right up the gut you know i mean well, yeah you know, if well, you're on the 25 you're probably calling yeah you're right away. but demario mccall did have have a couple of problems today catching uh kickoffs but i digress and you do too bottom line is they were playing all those games up front <laughs> the offensive line finally Kind of got his act together good but when you're going against the three four you sometimes are, do, are going to give up the, what i call gash defensive plays yeah. but but still chambers goes in there two straight runs gets them off the edge draws one of those late hit or head yeah. hit, hit penalties next thing you know they're off and running i thought that was i thought that was a very uh impressive uh interlude by steel chambers It ends up being the third string running back today
0: i think you can tell uh how badly all of us have wanted to do a rapid reaction. Yeah, you know, yeah I mean, I game. could, we I have, could like, talk about a lot so of So much to say, so much that we learned about this team. They like, scored 52, keep man. keep going, like you talked about Jackson Smith and Jigba and that touchdown. Yeah. Like, you could play your entire career and never have one that's, that's as cool as You've
2: seen as that. one close to that. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba uh, Mike, showed parents Michael Thomas. In, a, in the same series of, of uh, plays today why you want your kid to never play football and then why you want your kid <laughs> to play football at Ohio State because he almost got decapitated uh, on one play. Yes. And then three plays later makes a touchdown catch that you will just not see a college uh, football player make and then, let alone a
1: freshman playing in his first game ever, yeah. I mean, that catch was simply ridiculous. Evan Spencer to Michael Thomas just before halftime <laughs> in the uh, against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, you know, the college football playoff championship run. That little it yeah. reminded me of that Incredible. play. Gets yeah. his foot down. You, I mean, even the officials were going, uh, "Now nah, he didn't do that," you know. His body, body was out of bounds. It. it wasn't a oh,
2: situation yeah. where like he had he was the momentum was taking him. Yeah. His body was out of bounds, and he found a way. It <laughs> both, was really
0: I watched both really remarkable both officials in the back of the end zone consulted and they both said there was no way because you could tell where the rest of his body was right but they didn't think there was any way he could have got his foot down which he did um all right we'd be remiss if we didn't talk he brought up steel chambers i think maybe the reason that he got a chance there in the second half was because trey sermon master take both struggled to get their footing a little bit so
1: Concerned or not concerned with the running game, guys? Because we've seen this before, but just for week one, things aren't perfect. Here's here's what you'd be concerned about, and uh, you know, Wyatt Davis brought it up. I mean, they were uh, Nebraska was pulling out all the stops up front. They, they were almost intent that Ohio State wasn't going to beat them running the ball, which is, when you look at the wide receiver core, that might have been the wrong intent, yeah. part of malintent. Uh, but I, I digress. Bottom line is, they guessed right on a lot of running plays. I'm talking about Nebraska did. And, and then other times there was just great effort, like following the uh, pulling guard, uh, that number 99, I can't remember his name, followed White Davis one time on a pull play and just made the, tackle from the backside. i mean those are those are things you have to get cleaned up because you always have to take you know up take account of a guy like that but like he said it was the first game for that full offensive line playing together against a team that has schemed against them yeah. uh and at uh, trey sermon and master teague the third paid the price but master teague third did get into the end zone twice that's pretty good yeah i'm not i'm
2: not going to say i'm concerned i i i have concerns as i said months ago weeks ago I don't know that coming off the injury that he had that Master Teague is going to have the explosion that you need to get through the hole quickly uh, in in a league full of good athletes. I don't think the Buckeyes really wanted to have Justin Fields run the football today. That was clear. They, he handed it off on almost every single read play. Uh, I thought Trey Sermon did a really nice job in the thir- third, fourth quarter yep. when he got back on the field. You could see that he kind of has that extra gear. Yep. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, to me, a lot of this is gonna come down to what you said earlier. How do teams guard Garrett Wilson in the slot? Because if you're taking linebackers off the field to bring in a second, uh, you know, a nickel back or a fourth defensive back, all of a sudden, Justin Fields in the running game is gonna open up quite a bit. And I just, there's too many things to to do. I, and I don't wanna use the old coaching adage, but Buckeyes play Penn State next week. I don't think that there was an interest in uh, revealing too much of, of what they want to do. And to me, at, this isn't a knock on anybody. Jack Miller played really well. I think people were probably like, well, that's... Especially we that run. One of the runs. Uh, yes. I don't know that he's going to be the backup all year, but uh, the fact of the matter is you have two guys that are in the same exact position and you just kind of are going to, you know, give them a this week's you, this week's you. Right? I just
1: think it's interesting. Everybody thought C.J. Stroud was going to be the first guy off the bench possibly, and that did not happen. That was, that was very revealing to me. I mean, I... Uh, I don't, you know.
0: Well, I think it was meant to be revealing, but it was a trick because now you keep C.J. Stroud in reserve for next week. Yeah. I'm going to go cons-
1: full-on conspiracy okay. theory with Bryce right. on face. I just, you know, I just know the first guy to replace <laughs> Justin Fields was Jack you, Jack James Miller the third. Yeah, I can't actually argue that point. And that he played great. I, honestly,
2: I mean, he he, he had command of the offense. He, he showed did. some athleticism. He and, looked smooth out um, there. You know, I, I think that the important thing there for Ohio State in that, uh, you know, I had a moment watching the game, and I was, I was thinking back to last year's Penn State game when it's a meaningless play, and Justin Fields is on the field, running, gets hurt, and you're like, what are you doing? And then he got sacked on the last play that he was in today, and you're like, okay, everybody yeah, out. Everybody that was out. almost,
1: as they say, deja vu all over again. Everybody out. You're already up 40, 45 to seven. What, what's he doing yeah. back in there, you no, know? Not necessarily. Especially yeah.
2: because they had backup offensive linemen in at that time, and to me, if Justin Fields is on the field, Then you need you need all
1: five of your starting offensive linemen. I think there was something they were trying to get to, in that in that realm, whether it was a Jameson Williams down the field, something they wanted to get to, and they didn't get to get to it, and uh, they almost paid the price. My only final word on the running back situation is that
0: I still believe, and you alluded to this, the way that Trey Sermon finished, you started seeing him, I think, get a little more comfortable and show some more of the explosion that maybe Master Teague doesn't have. but you could win, I think, with either one. I have concerns that they are in this one series for this guy, one series for the next guy, and rotating back and forth, which we just saw them learn this lesson two years ago with Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins, where it didn't help either one. I, whatever they, Whoever they want to lead, I think they have to pick
1: it and let that guy become I, the main bat. I think they came out of camp, camp uh, after school practices yes. leading up to this game was not a clear-cut number one, is what I truly believe. And number two... I think you might still see it again. I thought, thought Master Teague the third, when Andre sermon, when they weren't getting hit in the backfield or right at the line of scrimmage, actually ran fairly well on yeah. occasion. Yeah, that's, that's, what their, they, big, that, that's, that's what, their big. That's their big. That's their big bugaboo coming out of this game was some guys they let come free, uh, offensive line yeah. let come free into the fray, and uh, that's what they're going to be working on as much as anything this week.
2: That's my concern with Master It's coming off the Achilles. It, uh, does he have the gear to get through the the, the line? quickly because you do play teams like Penn State and they're aggressive they're going to blitz a ton you know they're going to that send six yard touchdown
1: run he had though he, he
2: if he gets through if a he nice gets cut. through the hole he's still still willing and able to do some damage that's a nice think that cut though. it might take yeah. him an extra second to get rolling
0: and um you don't we're wanna, rolling you don't want to be in his way at the goal line right. no so that first that's for sure no uh, was obviously a message and again like it's one game. We can't we're not going to make uh, definitive judgments off of this. Small uh, I mean, it's size. one
2: game. It's the greatest day of but our we lives. Do football. To, we
0: do get to make some snap judgments and we always do that on rapid reaction at Letterman Road. Thank God football is back. Uh, Ohio State has one in the bag now, 52-17. Over Nebraska, they play at Penn State next week, a uh, a whiteout, I guess. An empty Halloween white, Halloween primetime game. Uh, that's Tim May. That's Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. Felt really good to be back here at Ohio Stadium. A lot more coverage of this Buckeyes win coming for you at lettermanrow.com. We will see you there.